0: Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast and I guess this is our official first episode of our second year of life. Uh, so if you follow us on social media, if you listened to last week's episode and the bonus episode, you'll know that Friday was our first birthday. So again, I just want to say thank you for listening, for tuning in and for supporting the show. And this is a fab, fab episode to kind of kick off our second year of life. Uh, so I loved speaking with Visa, who joins us for this episode. and. Uh, just so much of what she talks about are the kind of things that I love to talk about as well. So this is a a great episode for anyone who is feeling imposter syndrome, anyone who is holding themselves back, anyone who is feeling disconnected from their self, anyone who yeah it's just feeling a bit ugh (laughs) and uh, Visa has a lot of fantastic tips around all of that around self-love around uh, so much great stuff so I really hope that you enjoy this episode let's dive in okay hi everyone I'm really really happy to welcome this week's guest Visa to the podcast so Visa welcome and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself that would be amazing
1: Thank you so much, Um, as you said, my name is Biza. I get a lot of jokes about the credit card. Um, I am a life and a mindset coach, and I live in the US. And as a mindset coach, I mainly work with women. And the type of women that I work with, they're usually working professionals, very successful in what they do, they have families. But they're the type of woman who wakes up every day and thinks, I've done everything in life I was supposed to do, study hard, get the job, get the family, I have the money. But I still feel so empty on the inside. What am I doing wrong? And she's continuously searching for more and more and more things to fill the emptiness inside of her. And she's realized, oh, actually, you know what? That's not what's going to fill me and give me happiness. I have to give it to myself, but she doesn't know what that giving it to myself means. And so she's the one that I help find connection and spirituality. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's really common that, you know, we have this life plan mapped out of what we're supposed to do. And like you said, get the job, do the qualification, whatever, and then we'll be successful and then everything will be amazing. But quite often we, we reach that point and it's like,
1: oh, is this it? Yeah, exactly. That's the question I, I used to have all the time. Surely there's more to it than this. Is this it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um,
0: I'd love to to find out more about how how you work with people, but I wonder how you got
1: into this work. It's a lot of tumbles and mistakes and kind of stumbling through the dark is how I got here. So I used to work for a really huge company, um, like Fortune five, right? Here we classify things as Fortune one hundred, so this is one of the top companies I worked for, and I quit out of the blue because I was so miserable working for them. I had just become a new mom, and I didn't know what to do. I just knew I couldn't keep working because it was I, – when I was at work, I was always thinking about my baby. And then when I was at home, I was always thinking about work and wondering, like, what a terrible employee I am because I can't wait to get away from work. Um, and then this internal conflict just got so loud and so hard, I quit. I left behind the great money, great health insurance here in the U.S., Um, And then I kind of just took time off for three or four months. I was so blessed to have a husband who supported me. And then I decided I'm going to start my own business because that will solve all my problems. And then, like I said, I stumbled through two other different business ventures. So I was a sleep consultant helping parents get their little ones to sleep independently. I did that for about a couple of years, saw mediocre success. And then I tumbled into network marketing, multi-level marketing, whatever you call it. Um, you know, and, pe- and I broke a lot of really great relationships because of mistakes I made running that business and then the whole personal development, personal growth world opened up to me because I was so focused on becoming successful in my network marketing business um, and two years of studying and reading all those books, I ended up hiring my own life coach. Um, which again came with so much shame attached to it. I was like, who am I to hire a life coach? It's so expensive. I'm already successful. Why do I need a life coach? All of that, you know, was attached to my shame. And But I couldn't. It was like going down a rabbit hole. It was so addictive. The more I learned about myself, the more I wanted to keep learning about myself. And then I slowly started sharing everything I was learning to the world on Facebook because I was like, everybody needs this information. This is so freeing. And then I finally, after many years of people telling me, do you do this for a living? I gave myself permission to actually start getting paid for this work. It, took a, it was a process to get here because the question of who am I to do this kept coming up over and over and over again. Um, but I've been a paid life coach for the last two years and I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. Um, so that's my story really of how I got here.
0: Mm -hmm. it's really interesting you said about that giving yourself permission to do it because i think that can be a big thing that we have those sorts like you said of who am i to do this so why should i Mm -hmm. spend this money investing in myself when there's everything else going on and then possibly when you're starting out that well who's going to listen to me because i haven't got my life all together i don't know if that (laughs) resonates you because it certainly did with me (laughs) starting
1: out yes absolutely yeah yeah it took a lot of courage to step out and do this. And I think one of the key pieces that gave me the courage to do it was, it's okay to listen to your intuition, right? I think a lot of us deny our intuition, deny that voice that's so strong sometimes. And some people call it your gut, right? It talks to us, it says, don't take that route today in the car. Or it's something simple, right? That's our intuition speaking. And my intuition was so loud for me to become a coach and I, and I denied it for a long time. And so when we deny our intuition, we find it really hard to trust ourselves. And we tend to live all our life based on what our head tells us to do, right? And when I mean head, it's what's the logical thing here? What makes sense based on your past? What have your parents told you? What have your teachers told you? Because we place so much respect on what everybody else thinks of us we start to take that as truth. Like what they said must be true about me. So therefore I can't do this. And until we start to listen to our own inner voice as the truth, those self, that self-doubt will continue to plague us. So I finally had the courage to be like, enough's enough. I'm just gonna take this risk and see what comes of it. And thankfully everything worked out okay, but I'm not a one-off case. You know, there's so many people who have chosen to follow their intuition. And on hindsight, it's always easy to be like, oh, yeah, it all worked out. But it worked out because they took the risk.
0: And it's that risk that's scary, isn't it? That, you know, and if you, if your intuition is, is telling you something, I think it's really easy to, to get out of touch with trusting ourselves because we stop listening to it and ignore it and ignore it and ignore it. And, ignore it, and then we just don't trust what it's telling us because we're kind of out of practice of listening to it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, we we break the trust. So when we do want our intuition, like you know, when people start working with me, they go, "Well, how do I listen to my intuition?" And then they usually ask it for really big pressure questions. <laughs> and I'm like, "You can't start there. Do I quit my job? What does my intuition say?" Sorry, that's the wrong question to ask as a first question. <laughs> start with, "What do I want to eat for lunch today?" Do I want to go for a walk or do I want to take a bath to relax today? Those are great questions to start with your intuition, to begin self-trust. It's a relationship like any other, right? You would never go to a complete stranger and ask them to make a really big, important decision the first time you meet them. You start to build a relationship and then you hand over that trust and then maybe consider their opinion, right? It's the same thing with intuition.
0: Mm. And I suppose if we're being really kind of self critical and and really not liking ourselves. We're not really having a relationship with ourselves or not a positive one anyway. And so, yeah, you're not listening to yourself. You're not doing all those things you would do in a relationship with someone else, whether that's family, a partner, a friend. And so, yeah, the the trust is going. And then when you really, like you said, those big questions want to tune in and ask yourself, yeah, it's like, who am I? (laughs) I
1: don't know, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and one of the pivotal moments in my life was when I realized oh, the reason I'm so unhappy with my life is not because things are wrong with my life, it's because I'm really unhappy with myself. And that was a big aha moment for me because on paper, my life looked fantastic. You know, I'd been happily married for many years, had two great kids. We had, you know, we had a really great life where we went on holidays. Um, money was never a problem. So when you looked at my life from the outside, I had everything, right? But on the inside, I was unhappy, not with anything in particular. It was just with myself. But it took a long time to diagnose that and to wake up to that truth. It's really hard and uncomfortable because you look in the mirror and you're like, well, why don't I like myself, right? And that's a really hard question to ask mm-hmm.
0: too. So with the the women that you work with, are there some common reasons why someone might not like themselves?
1: Absolutely. Um, One reason they believe is I'm not enough. That's a very common thread that runs through every woman I work with. And it's, and I don't mean to belittle their worries, but the funny thing is I just signed on somebody who has an Olympic medal and she believes she's not enough, right? So it affects everybody, no matter how successful you might be. This is imposter syndrome. And it's this idea of I've got to work really hard to be successful, right? Hard work is important, but what I teach women is that you can actually make things easy for yourself, but most of us believe that in order to be worthy of the success that I'm striving for, I have to work really, really hard. And even when things are coming easily, they're like, no, no, wait, 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 can't be this easy, it has to be hard, let me find a way to make it hard. I, so I hope that's making sense. So I teach women on how to just make things easy, how to receive help and support with open arms instead of fighting it off. How do you receive compliments with ease, right? So many women have issues receiving genuine compliments. They're always deflecting it. They're like, oh, you don't mean that. No, this whole thing, I just, I've just i had it forever. Like, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> So it starts with very simple things of receiving things with ease. And I love teaching women how to make things easy. I think a lot of women, again, they believe the only way to be happy is with lots of doing. I have to be organized. I have to wake up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and to get, get my morning routine done. Um, I have to be the perfect parent. And that happens because I play with my kids lots. I have to, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And I have to teach them your value doesn't come from your doing. It comes from your being. And that for them is really hard because they don't have to slow down. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to
0: that. Because yeah. I think when I was in a not very good place with myself and I wasn't feeling fulfilled because like you said, I, I didn't like myself. Mm. And so I was filling my time with all these things because it was like, well, if I just do more, I'll feel fulfilled. But I didn't because it wasn't yeah. the right stuff and I didn't have that, that good relationship with myself. So yeah, I can absolutely relate to that kind of doing <laughs> because... if i do all this then people will see that yeah, how how great i am or that i am worthy or or, or all of that stuff and yeah
1: yeah all all the doing that we do is to convince ourselves that we're enough right but the the funny part is you don't have to do anything by being you're enough the very fact that you were born and you were created makes you enough but that truth is really hard for us to swallow we think it can't be that easy Mm -hmm. but it actually is (laughs)
0: yeah i remember my background's in teaching and i remember sometimes (laughs) teaching children particularly things around like maths and they'll they'll get an answer and they'll be like that can't be right because sometimes it's so easy they're like it can't be that it's like number sometimes it is sometimes the answer is the easy answer and you just have to trust that and i think yeah we sometimes just think it has Mm -hmm. to be hard or it has to be more complicated and life is (laughs) sometimes hard and complicated but
1: We don't have to add to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And so you said about uh, the women you work with quite often being in that kind of logical part and and in their mind. And one of the things Mm -hmm. you do is help them to get out of their heads and deep dive into their hearts. So I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about that and how you help people make that shift.
1: Yeah. So one thing that I help with is to decipher what does the voice in my head sound like and what does the voice in my heart sound like? And I love talking about this topic because our head is always, I say it's your ego space because it's always fighting to make you look good or look bad, right? It never just is. It's always trying to convince you of something. Um, and it's very loud. It's kind of like a bully most of the time. And it always, always is based on your past. Well, look what happened the last time you tried that. So surely that's what's going to happen again. And it is always fear based. Whereas your heart is very subtle and it doesn't need to do any convincing because it knows it's always speaking the truth. So it just kind of drops in and leaves again. And it happens sometimes like when you're in the shower when you're super silent with yourself, right? It happens in that moment where you're just falling asleep and you have this brilliant idea, but you don't write it down and then you forget it. And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, wait, I can't remember what it is. That's the moments when your heart speaks to you. And it doesn't base anything on the past or the future. It only talks about what's possible right now in the present. And so a lot of times it's about your head will tell you, well, you need to finish your work. The work day is still going. Keep doing it. Whereas your children could be pulling you tugging you to go play with them. And actually laying out on the grass because it's a gorgeous day sounds amazing. So listen to your heart and put your work aside and go be with your kids. And I've learned to do that now. And I call it grounding, right? You walk around with your bare feet in the grass and it's one of the most rejuvenating, refreshing things you can do. And as soon as I go spend 15, 20 minutes, I feel good. My kids feel amazing because I've spent 20 minutes with them and I come back and I have so much focus and clarity. And it's like I've had a natural energy boost and the work, what could have taken me an hour, is now finished within 30 minutes. So it's a win-win-win situation all around. So that's very a simplified way, um, an example of how I get women to stop listening to their heads. It's always what's sensible, what should I do? If you hear the word should, then it's coming from your head it's I want to do this and it makes me feel good it makes my heart skip a beat it makes me feel expansive on the inside then that's your heart talking Mm. so it's really about tuning into your body right how many of us actually live in our body we don't we live in our heads we're not connected to our bodies and learning to live from your heart space is really about connecting to your body Mm.
0: Mm. I think that's so true and I and I think sometimes with the shoulds when the shoulds come in I think quite often they're not even from us. They're from other people, and they're that external message we get from school, from society, from our parents, and so we yeah we're not living with what we really want or what's true for us. Whereas that's obviously the more heart um, heart centered living.
1: Yeah, I say if you hear a should, then you're shaming yourself, and if you're shaming yourself, then that means there's no joy attached to it, and everything in life now for me, i realized, has to center around what brings me the most joy. And that could be saying no to somebody. Yes, it's hard, but you have to say no when it doesn't bring you joy because you've been shooting yourself. Oh, I should do this for them, but I don't want to. Well, then say no. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Joy is one of my buzzwords. So one of my questions I normally ask at the end is about joy, but I'm going to throw it in
1: now. because Okay.
0: And, yeah. and that is, yeah, what always boosts your mood? or What always brings you joy in your life?
1: Hot showers. Oh my gosh! Hot any Anytime I take a hot shower, I feel so happy. Um, being outside in nature. I, I live in a part of the world where there's so much like trees and woods. Um, I live near Washington D.C., and it's like somebody has bathed my soul in just joy. Um, so I take lots of woods. Um, sorry, lots of walk in the woods. Um, playing with my kids, it's hard. it's hard in the beginning when they ask me. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a chore. But then I start, and then I'm like, wait, why did I resist this so much? It's so fun. I do lots of meditation, um, journaling. Anytime I spend time by myself, I've just started playing the piano because thanks to quarantine. Um, I do jigsaw puzzles, just little things, right? Being out in the sun and letting the um, sun touch your skin It doesn't have to be big things. I think when we get to be a grown up, we think joy has to be something that's scheduled on our calendar. We have to spend money. We have to go somewhere to have fun and joy. But actually joy is always, always free. Um, And it's how you make a moment joyful. And so these are all the things that fill me up with joy. Or it's cuddling on the couch with my husband when my kids have gone to bed and there's a cozy blanket on me. It's again, joy gets easier when you learn to be in the present moment. Mm Yeah, absolutely. I th- you
0: know, the way I think of joy is it is those moments where you're just really living in the moment and appreciating whatever it is and enjoy and yeah, enjoying it that that's the joy. And like you said, I think sometimes we can get into this pattern. And this is maybe what a lot of the women you're working with are doing of, you know, we're living for that massive holiday or for the weekend, and I'll just get there and that will be amazing. But that's uh, like a tiny proportion of your life. <laughs> and if you're just just struggling through just for that one yeah. big moment a year that's yeah that's kind of
1: i don't know Ugh, just you, know. you bring up a really great point and i used to be that woman i would be i'd say oh i can't wait to go for that one week holiday and then it would be oh i can't wait to get that promotion um oh i can't wait to get the end of the year bonus right each one of those i thought would bring me immense joy and they did but they were so short-lived And then you'd get the itch again. You'd be like, okay, what's next? Like you need another fix. And what I've realized now, and I teach my clients this, is don't worry about the end destination so much. Obviously, focus on it, know what it is very clearly. But it's actually the journey that's joyful. Like who are you becoming while you're getting there? What are the moments you're missing out on if you're not in the present moment while you're building this life, right? Because we all think we're going to get this certain feeling when we build this life. But, if you miss out on all the moments that are building up to that life, then you missed on most out then you missed out on life, so it's really teaching them about celebrating the process and the journey rather than just holding their breath and then celebrate the final destination: yeah, that's so so true yeah uh,
0: so one of the things that you do is is to help people find radical self love or f- or through radical self
1: love so yeah. What is that? What is radical self-love? Radical self-love for me is, you know, it's not about waiting to fix yourself till you get to a perfect person where you have it all together. Right. We think she has it all together. He has it all together. And I don't know what all together means, but I used to think the same thing. And then we think then I'll maybe like myself and I'll be able to be proud of the person that's reflecting back in the mirror. And radical self love is about learning to like and love yourself in every single given moment. Even when you've made a big mistake, even when you've messed up, even when you've hurt somebody unintentionally or intentionally recognizing that and not hating yourself, but choosing to love yourself anyway because you're just human at the end of the day, trying to do the best you can. So be kind, be gentle to yourself. And instead of beating yourself up all the time. So radical self love is like, yes, you're imperfect. Let's teach you how to love your imperfect self because that's like life gets beautiful when you're like, Oh, I messed up. Oh, I missed my goal. That's okay. I choose to love myself anyway. And that is so liberating and it's not choosing to judge yourself any feeling that you might have. Right. A lot of my clients come to me. They're so overwhelmed, stressed, always anxious. And then we teach, I teach them techniques, right? And by the end of us working together, they see a big reduction in all of those feelings. But then before every meeting, they still face anxiety, right? And they come to me and they're like, but Visa, this hasn't gone away. And I'm like, it's not about it going away. It's about you learning to accept, oh, it's a, it's a part of my patterns and my habits and who I am. But now I have the tools and I can shift it within minutes, what used to take me hours and days celebrate that that's you choosing radical self love
0: yeah i like you said there, that that choice because i think we we sometimes don't think we have a choice over how we're feeling or what's happening but we can shift how we feel we can choose how we react and i think sometimes we can we can get really stuck or really attached to this negative view of ourselves or, or the world and and all of that but yes there is an element of choice you can choose to be in the moment appreciate the joy or you can choose to to not to stay stuck and and fixated on this you know this point of time
1: in the future it absolutely is a choice when I first heard that it hurt so much to hear that you're like what do you mean I'm choosing to stay stuck or what do you mean I'm choosing to feel this way but it is a choice we always have a, we always have that one moment or several moments where we can choose to feel differently Um, I had this brilliant point to say, and now it's escaped my head. I'm sure it'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) Oh, I always, you know, my question is, how do you benefit from choosing to stay stuck or choosing to feel overwhelmed or choosing to feel stressed? There is always a payoff that we get from feeling these horrible feelings. And so when you find out how am I benefiting from this, then we can start towards letting go of being addicted to those feelings
0: yeah yeah i think sometimes and this is probably not true for for all the time and and for everyone that you work with But i think sometimes we can stay stuck because even if it's not enjoyable it's safe it's kind of known and if i'm gonna make changes or if i'm gonna put myself out there that's a risk and i'm and i'm afraid but we don't kind of own up to that fear it's just easier to stay stuck in that place, even if you're miserable, because it's, it's known.
1: Absolutely 100% right. A lot of times human beings don't want to change because you're right, we would rather stick with the familiar pain, than you know, introduce ourselves to unfamiliar pleasure, bliss, right? We don't know what that um, bliss state could be. So we safeguard ourselves um, because it's not familiar to us, so you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's one of the things I find really fascinating about
0: the human species is that we kind of like to develop and grow, but at the same time we don't like change, and it's like this <laughs> this weird weird thing. And we're also yeah, and I, I also find it really interesting how we are obviously all unique individuals, but there's so many similarities at the same time. And again, it's that kind of yeah,
1: yeah. We all have. I mean, when it comes to fear and love all human beings across the world are exactly the same in terms of what we fear. Am I enough? Am I going to be rejected for saying this? Am I going to be accepted? Do people really see me? All those type of questions that run through us, it runs through everybody because that's what makes us human. Nobody is, nobody is above that. No matter how successful, how much money you have, Beyonce still gets, Scared before she goes out on stage. J-Lo still gets scared when she goes out on stage, right? All they've learned is how do I overcome this fear in a way that's empowering me and not debilitating me and keeping me stuck?
0: Yeah, well, I know um, Adele, she is so anxious when she goes on stage. I think she's quite often sick before she goes on stage because she's so anxious yeah. and she's so amazing. And it's, yeah, it's just normal because like you said, we want to feel accepted and loved no matter what else we've got going on. And um, I think we all have that fear of not being enough. And if we don't feel it in ourselves that we're enough, then I think it's compounded that we've, we we need that extra validation from other people because we don't believe it in
1: ourselves. Yeah. But the interesting thing about, you know, believing certain things is that the world actually acts like a mirror, right? It's when you always believe I'm not enough, rather than getting validation from other people, you're actually going to find instances where your, your fear is confirmed that you're not enough. Because the outside world, the reality that you see is just a reflection of what you believe on the inside. So if you believe money is really hard to make, that's what is always going to keep coming up in your life. So in order for the outer, like the reality in your life to change, the change has to happen within first. Like you don't get to feel better because now money is coming in. You have to feel better about having money. And then the money will flow in. It's actually backwards. Mm. And money, money, it's a big
0: one. I think for, for a lot of people, wasn't uh, yes. it those money blocks? And uh, I think mean, that's
1: a whole other thing that we could get into. Oh my gosh, I have I have been working on my money blocks for such a long time, and I feel like this month I've I've cleared a lot. And it's it feels so good. I'm like, oh, my God, all this work I've been doing, it's paying off. So it does, it takes time because these are such deeply, deeply ingrained beliefs. Mm.
0: Do you have a top tip around clearing money blocks that you've been working on it?
1: So whenever you get money into your life, instead of looking at it and saying, oh, this is all I get, because oftentimes when you get paid and the taxes are gone and you paid everything, right, it feels like there's so little left. So we're left saying, oh my gosh, I have almost next to nothing. So then guess what? Then you get another bill that then wipes out the very little you had to begin with because then it's confirming your belief. So now what I do is I track every penny and dollar that I make, it doesn't matter how small it is, I celebrate like I've just made $1,000. And it's about creating feelings of abundance in your life no matter how small because remember a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds it starts with one pound celebrate that one pound because then the universe will want to give you or make it easier to give that thousand pounds to you if you're looking at that thousand pounds "Ugh, like that's it well the universe is like well you're not even grateful for the one pound i've just given you why would i give you a thousand pounds right so it's really about shifting how you feel about the small amounts that are trickling into your life. And being open to money coming in however it wants to. I think a lot of us have tunnel vision about I work and I get paid. That's the only source of my income, right? Shift that belief. Money can come in any which way. Like you can get a random thing in the post with 10 pounds to your credit, right? Like I've had things like that happen to me and you don't you have no explanation no explanation of why it happens it just does because you're open to bringing money in any way shape or form and you're not stuck to this idea that it can only come through my job
0: yeah and I suppose you know I am I'm quite a pragmatist I think uh, and so there might be some people listening who are very much into you know the universe and law of attraction mm. and all of that and there might be some people who are like what <laughs> the universe <laughs> what <laughs> But like on a psychological level, it is that we have that bias, don't we, that if we are feeling negative, we are looking for the negative. We are not seeing the opportunities. And actually when we are open to it and, and we're, we're feeling that there is abundance and that is what we're looking for,
1: that is what we're open to. So, yeah. Yeah, it's about training your brain to look for the things that you do want as opposed to focusing on what you don't want. Um, it's like, you know, when you're getting ready to buy a car, and you decide on the car, and then all of a sudden, before you bought the car, all you see is that car everywhere. And you think, wait, I'm sure there weren't this many of these cars, and now it doesn't look that unique anymore. Same thing, you start to train your mind to look for money, if it's a penny on the floor. Like, thank you, like I found free money, right? You start to train your mind to look for why you're abundant, as to why it's always easy to make money. Well then guess what, soon enough, uh, that's going to become your reality
0: mm-hmm. I wonder if you've ever watched any of the Darren Brown experiments that he he did so he's a kind of um a hypnotist type mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure I've heard of him name. but I don't think I've
1: seen any of his work
0: he he did this series of experiments looking into different things and he did one about luck was the kind, the kind mm. of idea of what it was about um, and he went into this town and he tried to convince them that this um, this statue that they put up was lucky. And they, if people touched it, they'd get luck. But then they found people being more lucky. But they found one guy who I think was a local butcher who believed he was the unluckiest person. And mm-hmm. so they set up these situations where he could win money, win a TV, win whatever. And he just ignored all these opportunities. They had one. <sighs> and it was someone asking him this survey and all he had to do was name like one cut of meat and he was a mm. butcher. So they'd set it up so that he would win 50 pounds and he was just like, it was rigged in his favor. <laughs> yeah. And he just was like, no, he got a leaflet through to like win a TV. And he was like, no. So he was so convinced that he was unlucky that he was just shutting down these, these yeah. opportunities. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting ending because then he does this big, uh, gamble with all mm. his life savings on this one thing, but he actually believed he was lucky then.
1: And, and, um,
0: yeah spoiler he uh, he won <laughs> he won yeah. whatever the thing
1: is it was a really That's you know, a fascinating experiment it just goes to show you if you have tunnel vision and you're convinced in your stories that the world could be trying to give you all of these things and you don't even see it you're blind
0: yeah then you know there were opportunity after opportunity and he was just <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> shutting them down so um yeah be open to the opportunities awesome so i have some set other set questions that I ask everyone. So we've already done the joy one. Um, so it'd be great yeah. to hear your thoughts on the rest of these. And um, and so the, the next one is about what makes life meaningful
1: for you? For me, the first thing, if you'd asked me two years ago, would be a very different answer. Now what makes it meaningful is the connection that I have with myself. When the channels of communication between like what I want is very clear, then it feels really fulfilling because I'm hearing myself. I am giving myself the things I need. Like the other day I slept for 14 hours and it was okay. I didn't feel guilty. Right? So I know that sounds crazy, but I sleep a lot. Um, but it's really about being able to what I call live in alignment. The, The version of myself that I present to the outside world and then the version of myself who I am in private, If those two things can be one and the same, then that feels deeply fulfilling to me because I'm not having to censor or change or pivot or adjust who I am because that's exhausting because you're constantly looking at information, scanning it, and then trying to change who you are to to fit the outside world. I stopped doing that. And that is so fulfilling. You're like, what you see is what you get. This is who I am. This is a real me. Like it or reject it. I know it doesn't mean anything about me. Right? That to me is really fulfilling because then that trickles over into all my relationships in life, to my children, to my husband, to my friends. And it's just like life just feels yummy then.
0: Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Life feeling yummy. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yes. so my next question is, is two questions, oh. and I'm going to separate them because I normally ask them both together, and <laughs> it's too much. Uh, so, yeah, the first one, we talk a lot about mental health and mental well-being on the podcast. So I'd love to know what mental wellness means mm. to
1: you. Mental wellness to me is not being scared of your emotions. It's one being very clear on what it is that my feeling. Right. It's a very important question. All the time I ask myself, what are you feeling right now? And it's being very honest with yourself about what's coming up and then asking the question, why am I feeling this way? And then what are you going to what are you going to do to choose to shift that? Because you can shift it. So, again, it's about having that very clear communication with yourself. And, you know, I love the word radical, radical honesty with yourself. What's happening right now? And then not judging it. I think a lot of us get very judgy. Well, you shouldn't be feeling this way. Like, what's wrong with you? Well, imagine telling a five-year-old, like, if they're crying and upset. I think uh, hopefully, like, nobody does this. But if a five-year-old is upset about something and they tell you, and then we belittle them. Like, can't believe you're crying over that. Come on, let it go. That's really deeply hurtful for that child because what you just told them is what they're upset about isn't important enough to be upset about. So when we judge ourselves with our feelings, that's what we do. We're judging ourselves and telling us, well, you don't have the right to feel that way. Don't, please don't do that. So for me, mental wellness is always being aware of how you're feeling and then giving yourself the time and the space to deal with those feelings in a non-judgmental way. Um, And then getting help. You don't have to do this by yourself. I think a lot of us feel like I should have this figured out. Not really. Nobody really taught us how to think right? We are being taught how to learn, but nobody taught us how to think <laughs> for success. So get help. There's no shame in getting help. I have battled depression many times in my life, and I've received help, and it's the best thing I've ever done for myself.
0: Yeah, I'd love to just pick up a little bit on the, um, you're saying with the the kind of five-year-old and the the belittling, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. what parents can do is not so overtly saying, no, no, you shouldn't be feeling that, but by not allowing them to express that feeling, it's kind of giving a similar message mm. because as a parent, you, d- you obviously don't want to see your child upset, but by trying to go like, oh, no, 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 mm. you're not upset. It gives the same thing. And I think for ourselves, when we don't allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, we're giving ourselves the same message, even if it's not so, yeah, overtly telling ourselves it's wrong. We're still kind of getting that,
1: that feeling. Absolutely. It's, it's the discomfort we feel with, negative feelings right when you're upset or angry or resentful we feel guilty or shame with our kids and with ourselves with our kids We just we often distract them like do you want to watch TV? Do you want to go outside and play? Do you want to have an ice cream right like let me fix it for you as parents We just want to fix it for them not because it's because we as parents are uncomfortable with our child being in pain It really has nothing to do with them As a parent, I'm deeply uncomfortable. I don't want my child to be in pain, so let me just fix it for you so then I can fix it for myself. And so it's the exact same thing with adults. When we cry, it makes us uncomfortable. It's it's a painful feeling. So we just look for maybe a glass of wine to take the edge off, or we put on Netflix to kind of, you know, zone out. It's all the things that we do to numb ourselves from feeling anything. And mental wellness really comes from allowing that freedom to feel things because there's nothing wrong with feelings. Feelings can't hurt you. Even though in the moment they feel like you can physically, they can't hurt you. The best thing you can do is allow the feelings to go through you, process them through your body so that then you create space for the, the positive feelings to come. Yeah, in. absolutely. And so then the, the kind of follow-on question from that is how you look after your own mental well-being. Um, one of the things I do is meditation. I meditate every single day. And please don't, if you've never meditated in your life before, a lot of people might listen to this podcast and be like, well, I'm going to start meditating. That's fantastic. I want that for you. Just don't expect it to be a quick fix. It's a long game. Um, I meditate. It could be 20 minutes some days. It could be 45 minutes other days. And then I journal. I journal a lot. Um, Journaling for me is a very safe way for me to process what it is that I'm feeling. How do I want to be feeling? I sometimes visualize my future through journaling. Um, Those two are must-do's for me and then a lot of time alone like this is where getting to know yourself really helps You've got to know what helps you for some people. It's being with other people for me. I have to be by myself I'll tell my kids leave me alone. Mom's not doing great (laughs) And I'll go do my jigsaw puzzle or I'll go play the practice the piano it's it's tinkering experimenting asking yourself well does this feel like fun try it out if it doesn't move on to something else and try something else it's again giving yourself freedom to try different things to see what helps you
0: I think that's amazing that when you um and I also need my alone time <laughs> definitely but that when you need it you're you're saying to your children like "Mum's not doing great I need space because you're actually modeling to them to recognize to listen to yourself and then that it's okay to kind of ask for what you need to have that space so I think that's a really valuable thing for any parents listening and I've been talking about modeling a lot this week because <laughs> mm. it's so important because like you said we're, we're not taught how to think we're not taught how to feel and so as adults we're we're now trying to figure it out for ourselves but mm. for our children or any young people that you're that if you work with young people there is an opportunity to help them to learn how to to think and to feel
1: yeah it's important model is a great word Um, we have to model to our little ones how to handle their big emotions i don't call them negative emotions with my kids i call it big emotions because they are big they feel really big to handle them and um my youngest we went through a phase where it was so hard for him to handle these big emotions and we didn't have the tools to help him so one, we sought help, right? Instead of thinking we should know how to figure this out as parents. We didn't do that to ourselves, we, we sought help. And now we have this calm space for him where he got to pick out what are the things that go in his calm space. It's not a timeout space, we don't call it that because then it becomes punishment and something to be shameful about. So we call it his calm space and he, he's got a slinky, He's got a little timer. He's got all these little things that help him de-stress. Does it doesn't work 100% of the time? No, a lot of times I have to walk him and sit him in there and be quietly there with him. But it just lets him know that you don't have to feel ashamed of what you're feeling. It's okay, sit with the big emotions until they pass. Yeah, and I think that's the button, that,
0: yeah, that they will pass they won't last forever, even if in the moment it feels like they will, they will pass. Yes, exactly. So my next question, we talk about mindset a lot and we've, we've talked um, a bit about that today as well, but I am, I always ask guests to try and describe their own mindset. So how would you describe yours?
1: Mine is I would say a growth and a strong mindset. Um, it doesn't matter what comes up in my life today, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a heartbreak, I, I I have the capacity to feel it without running away from it. And then I have the capacity to look for the lessons in it. Right, it's, it's always being one, self-awareness is huge. In order to make any sort of change in your life, you have to become very honest and truthful and aware of who you are, right? So for me, mindset has really allowed me to become self-aware. And then knowing that I manage my emotions, my emotions don't manage me. I am not at the mercy of my emotions. I get to observe my emotions. I get to realize, oh, this is something I'm feeling, but this is not who I am. Um, So mindset has really helped me separate who I am from my emotions that they're not one and the same it's sometimes it can get so tangled up like you don't know how to separate yourself and so working on my mindset has allowed me to be like oh that's just something i'm feeling it'll pass or i can work through it i have the i have the strength to work through it
0: yeah i, I love that uh, reminder of, yeah just separating ourselves from the emotions and that they don't define us because i'm sure we can all think of maybe someone that we've said something about like oh you know they're such an angry person or they're such a miserable person they're not they're obviously just feeling these big emotions but yeah we can get so so attached to them and um, yeah so um my next question I ask every guest that comes on to leave the listeners with some practical ideas of things that they can try out for themselves that are going to have a massive impact in their lives. So do you have between one and three tips that you would recommend that people try? One is
1: breath work. So anytime you're feeling stressed or angry and you feel like you're about to snap, that's a reaction. And so when you take a breath, then you get a chance to respond. And a response is so much better than a reaction. So I always, you know, put my hand, my right hand on my heart, and I put my left hand on my stomach, and then I take three deep breaths. And this works with my children. Like when I'm about to lose my – I don't know I'm swear on this. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm about to lose my S-H-I-T with my kids, um, before I do that, I, I do the breath work. I take three deep breaths, and immediately it calms me down and helps me – respond to them in a more appropriate manner instead of just a stream of whatever's gonna come out of my mouth that's gonna hurt them, right? So that's one tip, um, or if you don't, or just do it after a pee break. Go, go to the toilet, after every time you go to the toilet, take three deep breaths, right? It's a great way to teach yourself to, to be in the present moment. And so if you need a trigger, right? It's a restroom break, do that. Start journaling, and it doesn't have to be long essays you need to write. At the end of the night, if you could write one thing that went really well for you that day, one thing that you are celebrating, and one thing that could have gone better, right? They are very simple questions to ask yourself, but it helps you look back on your day and pat yourself on the back because a lot of times we go to bed feeling like crap about ourselves. And so when you look at what am I celebrating about myself and what am I grateful for, you start to look for those things on a regular basis. And then you have more reasons to be grateful for. Um, and then the third thing would be, you know, to coupled with the breath work, I can't speak enough about meditation. It could be meditation, it could be walk in nature. Like being outside to me really helps me connect to the, the world at large. And it makes me, it makes me feel awe because you look at the trees and the sun and the buds, and it's gonna sound so cliche. But the same powers that be that created the world and the sun and the moon and the stars and the trees took time to create you. Like you are a miracle, right? And so when you are out in nature, it really reminds you of the miraculousness that you are. And so those would be my three tips. Um, That's why being outside is so important to breathe in the fresh air. For me it really helps me ground myself and in the spiritual world we talk a lot about grounding and grounding is really about helping you feel safe in your body that's essentially what it is and so when you're outside it grounds you it makes you feel safe amazing
0: thank you for those three amazing amazing tips and so then my last question is about how people can connect with you if they want to find out more about you if they're interested in working with you and also um, if they want to find your book which we've not talked about so if you could tell us a little bit about that and where we can find it
1: yeah so i i was so honored to be asked to write a chapter in a larger book um so with 10 other women we all each wrote a chapter about our stories a key story in our life that's changed us right so and the inspiration behind this book was By reading each one of our stories it gives you the courage to go do your thing to use your voice to make a change in this world um so the book is called her global voice and you can find it on amazon and the ebook is just 99 cents for another week and then the price goes up so if you want to be inspired by an anthology please go get that um and then you can find me on instagram under visa shanmugam it's my first name and my last name and you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. It's actually a funny thing. Nobody thinks about LinkedIn, but I have so much fun on LinkedIn. It's a really fun platform. <laughs> a lot of my clients find me on LinkedIn. So again, you'll find me under Biza Shandugan on LinkedIn as well. And if you want to check me out on Facebook, I have a Facebook group only for women. It's a very safe space. It's a spiritual community. Um, and it's called Soulful Success. So S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L. Success. Awesome. Awesome.
0: And we uh, will absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you from there. Thank
1: you. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Visa. I really, really enjoyed speaking with you. And yeah, and and so much of what you said, I'm just like, yes, (laughs) I just (laughs) completely resonate with or or agree with. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for joining us today, even though it's really
1: early where you are. Yes, well, I, I'm a late sleeper, so yes, eight thirty in the morning is when I got started for this stuff. But thank you so much for finding me, Hannah. You're a great interviewer. You you do a really great job of listening and reflecting. So I really appreciate that.
0: well Thank you. It's the it's the kind of coaching, counseling, training coming through, probably. But yeah, I think it's you know, I think when I have guests on, I want to hear your experience, your knowledge, and your perspective on things. So I try and just really yeah, get that out of people. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again to Visa for joining us and money mindset. Wow. We spoke about this uh, several weeks ago now when we recorded this and money mindset, I think it's something so many of us struggle with and definitely something that I have struggled with, do struggle with, probably will continue to struggle with and need to work on although I shouldn't say (laughs) I will struggle with because hopefully with the working on it that uh, will become less of a thing but I just kind of wanted to pick up on this idea of being open to opportunities uh, because I've had a few things over the last couple of weeks that have come up or come into my life as yeah great opportunities when I have been open to seeing them and receiving them. So uh, as you may or may not know, I qualified as a yoga instructor last year and then I've not really done much with teaching it and actually kind of putting classes and stuff into place. Uh, I was going to do a general well-being workshop day in May. I'd sort of organized the date and then something came up. (laughs) We went into lockdown, obviously, all that kind of stuff was cancelled. And then I haven't really found a place to teach or any of that Um, but I have taken up a new hobby which I will talk more about on Wednesday and actually through that there is possibly the opportunity of teaching some yoga and having space that I can use to teach yoga and so trying something new being open to opportunities having that discussion has possibly led to the situation where I will be able to teach some yoga sessions which is fab. And then also by uh, being open to stuff, I've done a couple of talks on podcasting, uh, and now I'm a veteran (laughs) of the year. But I think uh, particularly in the UK, they are not so well known or understood as they might be in the US or other parts of the world. It's something that's still quite new. Um, And I'm quite techie and, you know, I love podcasting and kind of talking about it. So I've done a couple of talks at networking events about the benefits of podcasting and also the fun of podcasting, because I think that's something really important to remember that podcasting is a really enjoyable thing. I love it. I love the connections that I've made. I love all the connections with guests that have been on, but also with you guys who are listening. Um, So it's something I'm a big fan of. And so I've given a couple of talks about podcasting, getting into podcasting, and I'm going to do a couple more, um, and maybe some podcast mentoring, uh, something like that. But through doing one of these talks, I was then offered an opportunity to hopefully access some funding for free membership of this networking organisation. So it's just little things like Visa was saying that, that things can come into your life, the money or financial things, without it just being your salary. And actually, by being open. To those opportunities coming in and saying yes to things that that show up you see where it takes you see what kind of comes in and so they're just a couple where I've been more open to opportunities and fun things have have come into my life and so I was reflecting uh on this on on those decisions that lead to other things and actually I just thought of another one that <laughs> I had uh Someone who has been a guest on this show, I've now recorded an interview for their show and they were doing a kind of spiritual retreat and they, and they offered me a free pass for that. So again, these connections that I've made from one decision has led to other things and uh, by being open, things have come into my life that have a financial saving or benefit or or whatever. So my thing going into October is going to be about really being open to opportunities, open to opportunities October or something like that. And I'm not going to go as far as saying I'm going to say yes to everything because I think it's still important to have boundaries and to think about what we need and to listen to our, to our bodies and our hearts, as Visa was saying. But what I'm going to try and do is is kind of, I guess, if I have an opportunity for something, if my, my impulse is to say no, to sort of question that, is that because there is a genuine reason to say no, or am I just shutting it down because of some sort of limiting belief that I'm not enough for uh, whatever it might be? So for me, October is about being open to opportunities, and I'm excited about it. And if that is something that you like the sound of, then hey, why not join me and <laughs> let me know what comes up when you are open to new things, new ideas new perspectives and new opportunities so thanks again to visa for joining us and we will be back on wednesday with another episode we will be joined by shiggy pactor who joined us uh, for the one starfish panel discussion earlier this month and so her solo episode is on wednesday and i really hope that you will tune in for that and please as always if you've enjoyed the show do consider rating us on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show and share uh, wherever wherever you hang out on social media. You can tag us in your share at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E, Coaching. Uh, and you can always send me a message. I love to hear from you. I love to hear feedback of what you have enjoyed and suggestions as well so that we can continue to put out quality content that you enjoy. So with that, I hope you have a good couple of days and I will speak to you Wednesday. Take care. Bye.